Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop and Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Now, typically, you know, on a weekly basis here during COVID, we've been talking with musicians. um, But this time, I'm going to be talking with someone who actually does kind of what we do here and we talk about metal this is a guy who has the coolest metal channel on youtube this guy goes digging through his crypt you know what i'm talking about it is ken escobedo from ken's death metal crypt ken how you doing man i'm doing just fine kevin thanks for having me on absolutely man it's it's kind of a trip to hear you uh chatting on this because uh you know you have your own thing you know it's like the the, the two interviewers collide. So, um, it, it's, it's, all, where, where are you, by the way, are you in like Colorado? Is that right? No, no, actually I'm in the suburbs of Chicago, South okay. suburbs of Chicago. Right on man. So, um, I, I guess just jumping into it. Um, I, I I'm kind of curious about your backstory. Uh, you, you talk a lot about, um, you know, some of the more obscure like CDs and demos and cassette tapes you've gotten throughout the years. How long have you been into metal? Uh, since 1982, (laughs) since I was, uh, the ripe age of 12 years old, actually it's the summer of 83. I'm sorry. I was 12 years old. It was the summer of 83. Um, and yeah, that's the, that's when I was introduced to metal by accident. Um, bought a record that I had no idea what I was buying. I bought it in spite of an older sister telling me not to buy it at a local department store. Okay. I bought said record cause I had my own money. Had no idea what I was buying, bought it again in spite of my sister. And because of the album cover, the album cover caught my eye, mm-hmm. um, took it home, thought it put it on the family turntable and thought it was the worst record I'd ever heard in my life. I didn't even know it was music. I yeah. didn't think it was music. Um, I, didn't like the music that was coming out of it. So, um, but I had to say, I liked it. So I didn't lose face to my brothers, to my brothers and sisters, my other siblings. Yeah. Um, so I had to say, I liked it. I really didn't. But, uh, the more I listened to that record, the more, and the more I looked at the lyrics and the cover, and I looked at the picture on the back of the, the band picture on the back of the album and, you know, saw the chains and the leather and the knife and the long hair and everything. I started understanding a little bit more about why, these fellows were playing what they were playing. And that album was, uh, that band was Venom. That album was, uh, welcome to hell. Wow. And just even in the name, like that being your first metal album, that is so, that's so symbolic. Yeah. It, it, I had no idea what I was buying. Honestly, it, 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 uh, it was a complete system shock. Um, I grew up in a very music 
orientated family. I, my mm-hmm. family liked music. My mother and father were very big country music uh, fans. They owned a lot of country Western albums. Yep. I had six sisters, older sisters who were into anything from top 40 to Motown to the Motown sound to soul to jazz to just about anything. Yeah. Um, so I grew up with a lot of different music in my life as a, mm-hmm. as, you know, in my, in my young, my childhood. Um, but no one was in the metal. <laughs> so yeah. metal, uh, you know, and I've said this before, but, um, I didn't, I didn't choose to get into metal metal chose me on that day in 1983 yeah. and it chose me to be one of its warriors for life. I love that. So did, uh, you, you just kept digging even deeper to it. I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I had an older brother who's two years older than me and he, he, I think he noticed I actually started liking the music. So he says, you know, those are like those bands you see in those magazines, what magazines? And he goes, the magazines down at the magazine store. So of course we take a bike ride over to the magazine store and he, he points those magazines and you know, there's metal forces, there's, you know, other metal magazines. Mm -hmm. And, and I just started looking through the pages and realized, you know, yeah, these, the, some of the guys in, in these other bands look like the guys in Venom. And, and I, I was intrigued and I had to find out exactly who these other bands were. So that's where my, uh, that's where my journey started, uh, down the, you know, that's where it ruined my life. <laughs> so I I'm curious. So I'm personally someone who you know, I've never actually played in a band. I've done radio for a long time. I love music. I'm a music fan. I'm a music lover. Die hard. Have you ever like picked up an instrument and been in a band? Are you a musician yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, probably their earliest form is, was right out of high school. I was probably like 18, 19 years old. Uh, tried playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Wasn't very good at that. Pro- probably tried that for about two, three years. Uh, was in different garage bands, we'll call them. Uh, nothing that, sure. you know, ever um, record. We didn't ever record anything, maybe a rehearsal. Um, I was always able to growl a little bit. So I just, you know, basically kept the vocals because I was a terrible guitar player. Um, so after a few years of trying to play guitar, I just kind of sold all the equipment and decided, oh, I think I'm just going to stick with vocals. Yeah. Um, but nothing ever really, um, you know, that sustained or that, that, that recorded anything up until, um, uh, uh, back in 2015, or actually it was 2014, September of 2014, uh, myself and the ex-drummer of the band Morg from Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, Ted Van Tilburg, him and I collaborated and decided to, and Ted wrote some music and said, hey man, check this out, we'll just mess around in my studio, what do you think? And I thought it was like super heavy, and that, so I, I put some growls to it, and he loved it, and I said, hey, we should like do a band. Yeah. <laughs> and, so we did. And, uh, was, so we've been uh, with the band unnatural now for, uh, ever since 2014. And, uh, we've, we have several releases out, um, our first one being in 2016 and we've had some EPs and other releases out since then. But yeah, so, so yes, I am currently in a band. Yes. That's killer. Have you guys played any gigs? No, no, we're strictly a studio okay. band just because cool. we're a two piece. Yeah. Um, we have actually thought about live situations, um, pre COVID <laughs> we, we did think about course, it. Yeah. Um, we did discuss it. We thought about asking other friends of ours who are musicians about, um, possibly filling in for the live set. And we did get some, yes, we could do that for you. So we did fathom it. Um, yeah. but we just, we just decided, you know what, we're, we're both in our fifties now and we just decided, eh, we, let, let's just stick to the studio thing right now. <laughs> sure. Sure. 
Right on, man. Okay, well, let's go back to those times. So you're, uh, so you fall in love with Venom. You get these magazines. Uh, what do you recall? What your first like metal concert or metal show was? Ooh, first metal concert. Uh, that is that's a real good question. As far as first metal concert, I wish I had some epic story for you. Um, I I, I think I've been asked that question before, and the mm-hmm. answer is I do not recall. Okay. Um, I do know. Um. I, I want to say, I believe it honestly was around 1983. I think, um, as I started getting in, getting into metal, I had a friend at school and this was my eighth grade year. And he had an older sister who was, you know, really into metal. And I would often go to his house on weekends, ride my bike over to his house on weekends. And we would kind of shuffle through his sister's records, uh, much to her dismay. Mm-hmm. Um, we would rifle through her records and things like that. And we just like idolized her cause we thought she was the coolest person on earth. Cause she would wear like, you know, band shirts and she'd have all these pictures and posters all over her bedroom with, yeah. you know, metal gods. And, and we, we just like worship the ground she walked on. Um, and I went with him and his older sister, their parents dropped us off at um, an Iron Maiden concert that was in Chicago. Nice. And I remember they even made special shirts for that show called Chicago mutants rule. Nice. I think, and I, it, it was such a whirlwind. I think that might've been the first metal concert I was at, but it was, as I keep thinking about it, I yeah. think it was. And I don't remember much of it. I just remember it was loud. I remember seeing Iron Maiden a little bit. And I remember, um, being just scared out of my mind. Cause it was like one of the first concerts I concerts I had been to. And I didn't have like my mom and dad nearby or anything. So mm-hmm. I was like terrified <laughs> But being a, you know, a 13 year old kid, yeah. um, 12, 13 year old kid. But yeah, I, but I want to say, I think, I think it was Iron Maiden in, in 83, uh, at Chicago mutants rule. That's amazing, man. So, uh, you, I love talking, um, to you because you know, you, you got into metal with those like venom, and Iron Maiden and stuff like that. But being that this was the mid eighties and you were already into metal, um, I mean, your channel is called Kent's death metal crypt. So tell, bring me back to discovering death metal because you must've been a fan of it as it formed really. Yeah, for sure. So my contention is that the first death metal album ever recorded is possessed seven churches. Okay. That's what I contend. That is my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I know that's not the most popular of opinions. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of the opinion is death scream, bloody gore. And that's, okay. there's no wrong answer there. Um, however, I, I do contend that, 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 uh, possessed seven churches was the first death metal album ever recorded with the song Planet death Earth. metal. Right. And, and not just that, but you know, if we, if you think about it, Kevin, you take a thrash band right now, thrash, mm-hmm. you take a thrash band, you make them play more aggressive. You make them play heavier. You take them down a notch, make them play heavier, mm-hmm. make them play more brutal, make them play faster. What do you call that? Death metal. It's called death metal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and that's what I felt, um, possessed seven churches brought to the table. Um, now, you know, we can talk about how it got defined, how it got redefined, how it got formed with other bands, how death metal got formed. But yeah, I was, uh, after hearing something like seven churches, I was very in tune to the extreme. Um, it, it, it want, it had me looking for more, um, after hearing that album, I wanted more. And then of course got it with, with, uh, um, scream bloody gore and so on. 
And after hearing scream bloody gore, uh, it just kind of, you know, it just kind of went downhill from there for me. <laughs> like it said, yeah. ruined my life. Um, but yeah, but it, very early eighties, um, in the nineties, very early, late 89, early 1990, uh, that same band morgue that I was friends with, uh, with, with that Ted, uh, the other member of unnatural mm-hmm. that he was in back in the early nineties. I had another very good friend that was in that band. His name was Brad Boldak. He was the bass player vocalist. He's in the band of Skander now. Okay. But he introduced me when I got introduced to him by his older brother, who I actually worked with. Um, Brad and I made an immediate, an immediate connection because we were both, you know, so into metal and Brad introduced me to the uh, fanzine, the world of fanzines and underground tape trade. Uh, this was late 1989. Um, I remember Brad sold me one of his copies of his fanzine at the time he was doing a fanzine called grim death. And there was a section in it about tape trading. And I asked Brad, what is tape trade? Cause I had no idea what that was. Yeah. And Brad said, Oh, that's where you put a list together and you trade tapes with other people. And they, you know, you record stuff. You put, so as soon as I saw that I immediately, anything I had, I immediately typed out on a, on a list, immediately put an ad in a, a I think Brad's a fanzine mm-hmm. um, and then just started um, seeing ads for other fanzines, start doing the same thing. And that's where my tape trading day started late 1989, early 1990. And that's when I discovered the underground death metal world um, with the demos that I was getting in on these tapes, on these blank cassettes. And as I started writing more bands, more record later, I'm sorry, more bands and more tape traders and just learning about all these bands across the globe from every corner of the universe. Um, it was just a magical time just to, just to hear the, get these tapes and hear what was on. It was just incredible, but that's really where my journey started into the death metal world. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. And, and, I love hearing about that. I mean, I came into the world of metal a little past the tape trading days. Uh, mine was more of the downloading on Napster kind of thing, you know, uh, about 20 years or, you know, nine years after that or 10 years after that. But um, so bring me back to those days. And, and, and I love talking about this. Was there an album or a tape from your tape trading days that you specifically remember, like getting your hair blown back by just like, holy crap. Absolutely. Um, I, one of the first tapes, demo tapes that I wrote to a band and purchased was a uh, grave from Sweden. Okay. Um, I saw an ad for them in a fanzine. I wrote them, I sent them $3 and I got back the Anatopius Caporis human eye demo from 1989. Yeah. Um, listening, listening to other bands, you know, I had, I was already, had already been introduced to autopsy, separate survivals, mm-hmm. other, you know, heavier things, but listening to that demo for the first time and hearing the song like reborn miscarriage and extremely rotten flesh. Yeah. I mean, was mind blowing just the heaviness, the sheer aggression, the simplicity with the brutality. It, it destroyed me. It, it, again, it ruined my life and I was never going to be the same again. And I knew at that point, um, I was somehow going to be, entwined my life would be entwined for the rest of my days in this thing we call death metal i love it man it it was that demo and that i gotta say as far as an album kevin um entombed left hand path yes r.i.p yeah uh, yeah to lg what a great i i had the pleasure of speaking to him before um throughout the years i had met him and uh what what a wonderful person he was and 
Um, he, his legacy will carry on with his music. Um, but left-hand path, the sheer guitar tone, um, heaviness of that record, the crushing, crushing guitar. We, the human race had not heard an album that heavy until that album. We had never heard a guitar tone that heavy until that album. And yeah. I always call it the album that launched a thousand bands. Oh, dude, so many. And, and, you know, just the chainsaw, just the primitive chainsaw. And there's so many, I mean, there's a subgenre called entombed core. You know? <laughs> Is that right? I've never heard that. That's good. Bands like black breath, you know, uh, nails, uh, sure. kind of entombed core. Cause it's a little core, but very entombed. Um, well, I've heard the HM two. I've heard that now they're calling it, uh, the HMC back then, Kevin, it was called, uh, it was called the Swedish sound or the sunlight sound, okay. you know, sunlight yeah. studios, Yeah, of course, referring to sunlight studios. So, um, that's what it was kind of known as, uh, you know, for the next year or two after that. Yeah. Um, but now I'm, I'm understanding that they're calling it, uh, the HM two sound. Yep. Absolutely. Man. I, I, I remember I got a rotten sound t-shirt and it just has an oh. HM two put pedal on the cover of it. I was like, <laughs> that's a good, t-shirt. that's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, so when we watch your videos, um, you have a backdrop of a very impressive metal CD collection, but I know that you're not just a CD guy. You have tapes. You always display, um, you know, what is your preferred physical form of, of me media? Yes. Music? Yes. <laughs> I'll take my metal uh, any way I can get it. I'll be all honest of it. All of the above. Okay. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I'm a, I'm a vinyl guy. I love the, the sound of snap crackle and pop on the yeah. turntable. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I love CDs, tapes. Like I said, I'll, I'll take my death metal and metal any way I can get it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think if, if I had to choose, if I had a cassette, a vinyl or a CD and somebody said, choose, I, I would probably most certainly always choose the vinyl first. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a vinyl junkie and yeah, so vinyl would probably be my most, you know, obviously it's it for, for media, it's the worst. Cause it's, you know, the mo it's the takes up the most room. You can't mm -hmm. listen to it, your vehicle and you can't, yeah. but nowadays, you know, you get downloads and things like that, that you can, exactly. you know, throw on your phone or your iPod or whatever, and plug it into the USB port in, mm -hmm. in your vehicle. Um, so yeah, that, vinyl definitely is my, my first love and choice. So I'm going to ask you a difficult question, man. And, and I don't know if you've cataloged this, but I have a feeling you might have a rough idea about how much metal do you own through um, all formats? So I have 20 and yes, it is documented, Kevin. It is nice. documented. I nice. actually, yeah, it's all, it's all alphabetized. It's yes. all documented. I have it all completely documented in a database. I have to. Yes. Um, when you, I think any collector, once they get to a certain point of a few hundred titles, um, if you don't have a document and alphabetize, good luck, you know, good luck finding something. Cause you're, mm -hmm. you're just not going to be able to find it. Um, but as of today, I have, a, uh, just over 2,200 records, um, about 5,000 CDs, over a thousand cassettes, about a thousand 45s. Um, and it grows every day. So, uh, and uh, in that collection, it is 99.9% .9 metal. Um, I know that's a very, very, I know that's a very close-minded thing to say. Unfortunately, it's the truth. I am 100% a metal weenie. 
I, I only listen to metal. I only collect metal. I don't, I, I, the other 10th of a percent is probably a little bit of punk rock. I do have a little bit of punk rock, mm-hmm. um, in, in the collection. Um, but it's 99% metal. I don't collect anything else. I don't really listen to anything else. I know it's very, a very unpopular thing to say, but I am not very versatile when it comes to music. All right. Well, Hey man, you, you, ex, you, ex, uh, you at least like accept that in within yep. yourself. And also, you know what? I don't think I have a feeling like you, you seem like a pretty level-headed guy. You, you don't judge other people or anything. It's just what you accept about yourself. Like this is just who you are. And, uh, you know, I mean, but the thing is, is there's so many different kinds of metal. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I and you're right, Kevin. I, I don't, um, you know, to each their own, um, life is too short to, to, yeah. you know, to compromise, man. If you like something, go for it. You know, I, I, as long as you're happy, I, I, you know, I, I'm all for it, but yeah, I'm just completely just a, a metal head. And that's all I listen to every day of the week. Um, I don't think a day goes by in my life that I don't listen to metal, whether it's death metal, black metal, heavy metal, power metal, new wave of British heavy metal. Um, I, you know, it just depends on my mood, Yeah. but I listen to all forms. Most, I shouldn't say all, but most forms of metal. Um, so yeah, not a day goes by. Do you ever get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that you have and like choosing something? No, I never have anything good to listen to. So that's what I keep telling my wife. <laughs> when she, she'll, she sees me come home from the record store with a few records in hand. And she says, are you kidding me? And yes. I, I don't have anything to listen to, hon. I have nothing down here. Um, I don't know if overwhelmed, I would say I'm overwhelmed just cause I'm, I'm used to it being here with me. Um, you know, these things are Kevin, you have to, I'm, I'm a metal nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love my records. I have a 16 year old son. He's the love of my life. Yeah. And I, but these records, you know, have, I've had some of these records since I was his age mm-hmm. and they've been with me ever since. So these, these records and CDs and cassettes, these things I have, they are, they are my bloodline. Yep. They are, they are, they're my first born. <clears throat> they are yeah. my, they are my light. They are my guidance. If it was not for them, I don't know where I'd be. If it wasn't for metal, um, I don't know where I'd be in life. It, it is, uh, well, they're your Bible, it is, dude. It, it's a, pa- it's my passion. It's yeah. my passion, plain and simple. Uh, okay. So you brought it up. So I have to ask you your wife, is she a metal head? And if not, does she ever like go like, dude, you have enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my wife's a good kid. I got none against her, but she, All right. <laughs> she is not a metal head. Um, luckily, cause then I'd have to share some of this with her, but oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. no, she's not a metal head at all. Um, she doesn't mind certain things I put on. I don't think she, now my favorite band of all time is iron maiden. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite band of all time. I have more iron maiden paraphernalia posters records, um, than any other band in existence, metal band in existence. Um, she doesn't mind if I throw on some maiden, she yeah. doesn't mind some of the more softer metal. Like when I say that, I mean like power metal or just regular heavy metal, maybe sure. uh, some glam metal. She's not going to, she's not going to bug me too much. It's when you get into the real heavy under gang. She doesn't want to hear devourment. She does not. She <laughs> does not. She doesn't want to hear, she doesn't want to hear, you know, uh, black metal screeching. She doesn't want to hear the, yeah. you know, the last Marduk album or yeah. the last immortal, um, you know, 
none of she's not real keen on that, but she, my wife understands what this stuff means to me. Mm -hmm. And she knows she's, she can't take this away from me. Asking me to, to leave, you know, to not do this is asking me to not be a man. Yeah. And, and she realizes that and she knows that, and she knows this is just part of who I am and part of, you know, it's like my fingerprint, just like your, you know, like your fingerprint. Yeah. Uh, this stuff is with me forever. And, and she knows that. So she, she leaves me alone. You know, she might, she might pound on the, the, the floor to tell me to lower the volume, but other than that, she, she's pretty good about leaving me alone. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing is like, uh, she fell in love with you and then this is who you are. So if you were to take this away from you, you wouldn't be the complete Ken that you are. And that, I think that's what she realizes that, that this is what, this is what makes me, this is, this is my, again, it, it's part of my bloodline. I mean, what, if you all of a sudden got amnesia and, and just started listening to Maroon five and wanted to go, you know, uh, go to like a bare naked ladies concert, it would just be strange. Just, I don't, I don't know who this man is. Yeah. I don't know what that means, Kevin. <laughs> I've never heard those. I don't know what that and means. And you're better for it. And you're better for it. I work in radio. So sometimes I'm forced to know what, what uh, those kind Understood. of things are. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm curious. Um, so there's like an explosion with the underground death metal scene. And, and it, even in Seattle, like there's tons of sick bands, like fetid oh. cerebral rot. Um, oh. Just so many sick. Uh, no Consecration. Yep. Oxygen destroyer. Oh, yeah. Reburied. Um, there's so many sick, de- e- even in our scene and, and all across the United States and specifically in the United States, but all across the world. Um, in your opinion, you know, you've been, you're an OG in death metal, but what, what is fueled in your opinion, the recent explosion of the underground death metal scene? Uh, the, the need for extremity, the need for brutality. It was the mm-hmm. same. I think it's the same as it was for people of, of my, in my generation mm-hmm. where it was the need, you know, the need for more, it was the need for something heavier, the need for something faster, the need for something more extreme. Uh, and I think the bands today are just in need of that. And, you know, you, you hear it in their music, you, you hear it in, in their, their approach, um, and I know a lot of people that are my age or that are in my, uh, generation, um, you know, they, they have an opinion. There's a lot of people that have the opinion that, you know, these newer bands are just aping or cloning or, or copying, um, the, the originators of the death metal movement. Mm-hmm. You know, I say, Hey, you know, you're going to take influence from something. So why not the originators yeah. of the movement? And, you know, I don't consider it aping or cloning or copying. I say, Hey, you got an influence. Why not? Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel that what, and, and, and again, some of these bands, what they're doing musically in, in with, with their theory and their, you know, whether it's percussion theory or the way they're, they're strutting, you can't, they don't even use power chords anymore. You know, they're just yeah. all over the place on the fretboard. It's amazing. And, and, you know, I've said this before that the future is bright for death metal with what I'm hearing from these new bands. So, yeah, I say, you know, don't close the door on them, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially. And I, and I, I speak to the to the uh, Generation X, you know, uh, don't close the door on, on the on the newer generation of death metal, because if you listen, if you listen to it, it's good. 
And there's a lot of great bands out there and there's a lot of young, great talent. And I am so excited for death metal. It's got such a bright future with these bands. I'm starting to pump my fist, Kevin. I'm I'm throwing my fist in the air here because it's, it's so exciting for these bands and the, and the death metal scene and the, the death metal movement to, to be recaptured again. I think, I think the younger generation is doing a hell of a job. Well, I mean, you're like, you're seriously a cheerleader for the underground scene, man. And that's, that's why I love your channel is because, you know, you're so passionate about this music and, you know, there's so there's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to say anyone specifically, but there's a lot of music, quote unquote, journalists, you know, that will a lot, have a lot of negativity toward thing and like a lot, a lot of critical, you know, and I, I get it that they're critics, but you are, you're just, you're a, a flag bearer of underground music. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. And it's, it's really cool. It's, it's um refreshing to see someone who just brings so much positive energy to, uh, to being a fan of this man. I, I appreciate your kind words, Kevin. It is. And thank you. Um, and, and I should say the same to you, you know, you, you, uh, you obviously, um, using a, a, a platform to, uh, so that people have a voice, um, you know, about, about metal in the underground. So thank you uh, yes. for what you do, but it's, it's, yeah, it's all about, it, it's a passion for me, Kevin. It's a passion. It's never going to go away. It never, you know, I'll, I'll be 51 this year. It's not going to go away. It never will. Um, it will go with me to the end of my days and, and I will, I promise as long as the scene will have me, I promise that I will with, with the channel and with other things, um, that I, I may do in the future. Cause we're not finished yet, Kevin, we're not yeah. finished here. Oh, yeah. Um, I promise as long as the scene will have me, I, I will bring everybody some of the most death devastating death metal on planet earth. Well, you, you, you we met, you talked about how, you know, the, the future is bright for death metal and you're so pumped on this new stuff that's coming out in your opinion. Like what are, what are some of your favorites that, uh, that you're hearing these days? Just like maybe a few names of bands that we should get on our radar. Wharf Lurch from Florida. Um, Mike Colby and company, great band, heavy, sick, disgusting, great band, uh, exaugurate, uh, from, uh, they're from the Southern States of the U S we also okay. got, I'm going to keep it us. Let, let's go up to close to your area. Um, uh, I think they're, well, not too close, but they're, uh, North or South Dakota. You got Fobophilic. Okay. Um, they're another, uh, they're another four piece. That's just heavy as all get up. Mm-hmm. Um, you got writhing shadows out of Pennsylvania. Um, they're another, uh, dark, uh, dark band as well. Uh, that just has this sense of dark, darkness to their an atmosphere to their death metal but so many man just so many bands that that i could i could sit here and name a hundred of them for you um but if you watch if you watch the videos uh you, you'll see you'll see tons of them there well i mean i i will warn anyone that might not be you know following him yet be aware it can be dangerous to your bank account while watching a ken's death metal crypt video um keep that in mind not saying don't do it, but you know, beverages and Ken's death metal crypt might go, might be a little, you know, hard. It's a dangerous your... game. Exactly. <laughs> so you might wake up, you know, and get some, some phantom, you know, charges and be like, Oh my God, I just spent rent money on all this sick death metal. But Hey, you know what? You'll be evicted, but have sick amount of death metal. So it's all good. That's for sure. Oh, you also said, you said the name phantom, which reminded me of my good friend, phantom slaughter from the band worm. 
they're from Florida as well. They just got signed to a 20 bucks spin. Their new album forever glades will be out on 20 bucks spin. So there's another band. If you're not familiar with worm, go check out worm. Okay. So on, on metal shop, we have a segment called from the vault and it's on at 11 PM. And that's when we dig something up and it might be something that we haven't played in a long time, or maybe even never played something that we're first discovering ourselves or something that, you know, might just, we haven't spun for a while. Are there any old school artists? I mean, you have a ton of them. You, you, you put up so many cool old demos and and tapes and stuff on your channel, but just for anyone who, who hasn't watched your channel yet, what are some, uh, some old, maybe overlooked albums that, uh, we should, we should hop on. Ooh, wow. <clears throat> some overlooked albums or, or, or demos. Or demos. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a good question. Maybe just bands. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Maybe that's the better question for me. Um, so just got introduced to a band from Belgium called Disuria. Okay. And I'll be uploading that demo, uh, on probably Friday morning to the channel. Um, you're definitely going to want to check that out. It is some of the best. And if you, you it, now it's from 1995, it's their dodging infinity demo. So if you, if you're into the death doom thing and you want to hear it done well from 1995, you definitely want to check out yeah. Syria from Belgium and their, uh, and their dodging infinity demo. But that's, that's definitely an overlooked one. Um, I was, I was not uh, familiar with the band and got introduced to them. And then, um, I contacted the band and the band actually sent me an original copy of the demo. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, um, they're super overlooked. Uh, they just, yeah, they just, um, they had original copies from 1995 because I guess, you know, they didn't sell out. Yeah. So, it, and that's amazing to me because had I known about this band, I'd have told everybody and their brother to go and buy it. would have sold out demo. instantly. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, just, um, if, you know, any other bands that I, I, you know, I could think of, um, obscene crisis from Canada. There was a okay. band called obscene crisis from Canada that I put out, I think it actually was a full length on cassette only at the time. Now, I, mean, I think it was repressed on or re-released repressed on CD eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's another just wonderfully heavy, brutal album that, nobody ever mentions. Um, so I would say that, um, there was another band from Canada called Purulence. I just don't see enough or hear enough about when you talk about being heavy and, and disgusting and filthy and bloody and gory and all that, you know, all those characteristics. Um, no one ever mentions enough about Purulence from Canada. They had, um, a demo called atrocious execration. I believe it was, they had an EP uh, called inverted decay. And then they did a split with a band called a Maimon. So um, never hear enough about, about uh, purulence from Canada either, but so, so many Kevin, I could sit here for another hour and just, just carrying Lord. That was another demo that just never saw the light of day. They were from uh, Maryland um, band called okay. carrying Lord. I always loved that demo. I, it, yeah, just so many, so many bands. <laughs> And, and, and again, I, I advise you if, if you're looking for some new stuff or maybe some old stuff, like you said, go to Ken's death metal crypt on YouTube. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the YouTube channel. So, um, what, what's the history of the channel? Um, you know, what, when exactly did you start it and what was the original idea behind it? Uh, I started it back in 
August of 2014. Okay. Um, yeah, back August of 2014. The idea behind it was just to upload some demos. Mm-hmm. Um, as I one day, as I'm like literally playing some demos um, here in the crypt, and I I started looking at the demo covers for the hundredth time, as I do when I'm listening to it, and um, I thought to myself, I wonder how many people have actually heard this. You know, this is yeah. a really good demo. I, I, and I'll be honest, I don't even remember what the demo was, but I remember thinking about myself like. I wonder if my buddies of that, cause I got a lot of friends in bands, you know, my good friends in cyanide, cardiac rest, got lots of friends in bands and whatnot. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, I wonder if those guys have ever heard this, you know, I should somehow use the internet and like share this with them. So I, I just figured out, Hey, like I should like put it on YouTube, right? It's easy. So I, you know, I looked through how to create a YouTube channel and a YouTube video Yeah, really easy. And I did that on YouTube. And it's really easy to do really quick. And I, I set it up and I went ahead and, um, uh, now I already had a YouTube account because you have to have an account to watch stuff and watch stuff or comment, things yeah. like that. So, um, but so it was really easy to make the channel. So I made a channel. I learned, figured out how to digitize the demos from, you know, things I, I started doing this and honestly, I was more or less doing it to give the link to friends. Hey, go mm-hmm. check this out. I uploaded this demo. Hey, go to, I was just going to do it for a group of friends and, you know, so we could talk about it. And the next time we had some beers or whatever, mm-hmm. I figured I'd do it for a year or so and then just delete it, you know, whatever, no big deal. Right. Um, but as I started uploading things, it, I never advertised it to anybody other than a few, few friends, a handful of friends, yeah. somehow, some way, people started finding it. Yeah. And I just realized and started noticing I'm getting more and more of these. What are these things called subs? I don't, I don't know what this is. And lo and behold, I'm, I'm getting subscribers. I'm like, Oh, these are actually people watching these videos. Wow. Yeah. People started commenting and asking me to post more. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So the first five years that I had the channel up into 2019, um, I was only uploading demos and EPs. That was it. I, I was only uploading stuff from the nineties and I was first keeping it U S only. Okay. I was only doing U S bands and only it was dedicated to U S death metal only. So then, um, in 2019, I did an editorial. I just decided, oh, I'll just say hi to everybody. Talk about a few things and no big deal. Um, that editorial got a wonderful response from the metal community. The metal community is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and they, they gave a great response to that editorial. I got a lot of support. And, um, because of that, um, I decided to show my face a little more on camera as requested. And that's where we are today, where I just started um, talking about, uh, new releases, things I was getting in. And then, uh, from there, it just kind of, again, just that snowball effect where bands and labels started sending me things to, to get exposed on, on the view to the viewership of the channel. Dude, your addiction has now fueled a way for you to get a, uh, a sometimes free stream of sick music. Now that's when it starts to get really, really addicting is it, <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is. And it does. And it's, uh, you know, again, Kevin, the, the metal community is, what a wonderful bunch of people. Um, it, I can't say enough 
how grateful I, I there's no word that can describe my gratitude mm-hmm. to the metal community for the, all the support that they've given the channel. Um, it, it's not my channel. It's our channel. It's all of our channel because if it wasn't for their support, it wouldn't, it, it would have, it would have been deleted a long time ago. Yeah. And it's the, you know, it, the true heroes of that channel of this channel are, are the, are the viewers, are the people that comment, are the bands that send things in, are the labels that send things in. Mm-hmm. Those are the real heroes of this channel. Not I, I like, cause that. anybody can do it. Kevin, anybody could sit here in my seat in this chair and do the things I'm doing. It's, it's that old cliche. You, you surround yourself with positive people, positive things happen to you. Yeah. It's easy to do a good job when you got good people around you. And that's what I have. I have great, the greatest supporters on planet earth. So it's very, very easy for me to do what I do. I love that, man. Uh, now the world is starting to, you know, open up and there's shows that are, uh, being scheduled for the summer and whatnot. Have you planned any, you know, trips to go to shows or fests or anything like that? I'm, I'm planning a trip to my first Maryland death festival this year. Oh, cool. Next year, next year, rather 2022. Uh, do you have any plans for, you know, going out and seeing a show for once in a year and a half? God, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm too old. (laughs) Um, I, my back can't, I can't stand (laughs) it. It's, uh, you know what, about an hour after I'm at the venue, I start missing the couch. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Um, no, I haven't made any plans to be honest with you, Kevin. I do know of a couple of shows coming up in the Chicago, uh, in, in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, that I probably will attend cause they're very good friends of mine. There's a show yeah. coming up. Ooh, I think in August, um, I think it's, um, you know, my good friends in Mulder, rotted cryptum. Um, they're doing a show at Reggie's in Chicago. I, I will most probably attend that show. Um, but right now, you know, no, I, I honestly don't, uh, I don't have plans per se to go anywhere far from the couch on a weekend. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm an old man now, so I, I like keeping my weekends pretty, uh, you know, I like getting out in the lawn and then, uh, doing the lawn on the weekends and then having some beers in the back patio. And that's, that's my weekend, man. <laughs> I, I love when you post, uh, doing back patio stuff because you've always got death metal with you, man. Always beers in the debt in the back patio. You've always got the boom box with you. So always. Um, okay. So, uh, I, I was curious about, um, what have some been some of the, cause you've done some like kind of hangouts during the pandemic. You've had bands on your channel and stuff. What have been some of your favorite bands that you've been able to like, uh, kind of connect with and, and interview, um, during All the, of them. this time. <laughs> I I love them all. Everybody uh, I've had on has been great. Every single, every single uh, band that I've had on, they've been more than gracious, um, more than thankful, you know, constantly thanking me for being, uh, you know, for giving them the opportunity to speak and uh, for a voice on the channel, because that's really what it's all about is giving the death metal uh, movement and bands and labels. Um, And and, uh, I say labels because, uh, that'll be anybody that's hearing this. I'll just go ahead and give a little bit of a little bit of a sneak peek, but, uh, um, coming up, I do have a uh, next interview. We will, will be with, uh, label owners of death metal underground labels. We'll be talking to them. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, although I have made some really good connections with, uh, the, I mentioned the band Warflurge, my good friend, Michael Colby, who's in that band out of Florida. Um, 
him and I kind of really hit it off. And, and, um, once after I had interviewed the band and we, we still remain very, very good friends now, and we are constantly in contact. So, um, yeah, I've made a really strong connection with Michael, but yeah, it's just, you know, everybody's been so great, Kevin. Like I said, that the, the support to the channel has been just overwhelming and wonderful and fantastic and great. And again, there's no word, trust me, I look for a word. I look for a really cool passage or phrase or something to say, um, that was going to make me sound really intellectual and really cool and really smart, um, that expresses gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I, I just couldn't find it. So all I can say is thank you, uh, from the bottom of my heart with the utmost sincerity. Thank you to everyone that has supported the channel. I hate to say it, but you're kind of a sweetheart for having such heinous taste in music. <laughs> well, you know what, Kevin, it's, it's it, again, if you surround yourself with positive people, positive things happen to you. I am a positive person. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I am a glad the glass is, is half full as opposed to the glass is half empty kind of guy. I try to find the bright in every bad situation. Yeah. Um, and I also just find it's easier to be nice. It, it takes less energy to be nice than to yeah. be a, than to be an a-hole. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you always just, you know, you bring other people down, you don't bring other people up and you know, you just, yeah, you, you have it exactly right. And, and, uh, you know, looks like you have a, a nice home, a nice family and all the sick music you can handle. So what's to be negative about? Exactly. Right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're, Everything's good here in the crypt. And it's, uh, again, all, all I can do is, is count my blessings. And, and uh, again, thank everybody for all their support. Okay. So I, uh, kind of buried the lead here, um, with the fact that you do have something to kind of advertise. Uh, I saw on your Instagram page, you have some sort of a fest or event coming up. I don't have the name of it specifically. Yes, sir. Yes. This Saturday night, uh, live, uh, we will be, um, now the, the performances are not live, but we will be having what is called is, uh, come to be called crypt fest, nice. um, where we will have, um, four bands doing three and four song sets that are pre-recorded sets. I will be streaming them live. Nice. I'll introduce the bands. We'll play the three and four song sets. And then after all the sets are done, we're going to have all the four bands that helped make Crypt Fest possible. And we are going to have just a, a chat with, uh, with them, just uh, talk to them a little bit and find out what's going on in each of their camps. And, um, um take, uh, questions from the, from the viewers that are going to be watching us live. And, uh, we plan to have a really good time drinking some beers and of course talking death metal. I like it. And that's going to be on your YouTube. Is that right? That'll be on the channel starting Saturday night, 7 PM central standard time. Uh, the first set will be exaugurate from the Southern States followed by writhing shadows from Pennsylvania, then Phobophilic from South North Dakota. And then, uh, follow it all up to, to end it all up will be Wharf Lurch from Florida. So, um, really looking forward now. I'm so excited. Now I have all the videos, obviously, but I am so excited for the viewers yes. to get a glimpse at these bands. I am so excited for them to see what these bands put together for them. And, and uh, yeah, it's so great, but we'll also, also on the night of the stream at the start of the stream at 7 PM central standard time, we're going to go live with pre-orders with artwork by Mark Riddick and shirt yes. designs. We have short sleeve long, long sleeve shirts 
that are pre-orders. So they will take three to four weeks mm-hmm. after ordering them. Uh, we're going to leave that site up for one week. Um, and we'll, we'll give that site out Saturday night uh, at the time of the stream. And uh, you can order, we'll leave it up for a week and then we'll close it after one week. The orders will get sent to the printer. And uh, then once I get them, they will be shipped. Dude, that's so cool, man. Crip, Crip Fest this Saturday, this episode is going out on Friday. So, uh, awesome. you know, so this is, uh, you know, you, you can get your subscription on, go head on over, you know, drink a few beers Friday, Saturday and uh, just, you know, pop the screen up and, and rock out to see four sick underground death metal bands. And then Ken will be talking to them. Um, so I, I don't want to take up your whole night. Uh, I do have two more questions, though. And these are might be a little difficult for you, man. But I did give you a heads up. I was going to be asking you this one. So you have a little bit of a heads up. So we all know. Um, you know, the, the big four of American thrash metal is what they call it. So what we got anthrax slayer, Metallica, Megadeth. If you were pinned down and you had to pick your big four of death metal, what would it be? And this is your big four. It doesn't have to be, you know, the political answer or something. Sure. Your personal. Honestly, if I didn't say the band death, um, I would, you know, um, if you're going to talk about a, a big four in death metal, you know, what Chuck Scholander and company did for, for the death metal movement, um, you know, is, is immeasurable. So definitely going to put death, uh, you know, in that list, mm-hmm. um, of, uh, in the top four, um, uh, you know, and then, you know, we got to show some love for the, the biggest selling death metal band on planet earth today, which is cannibal corpse. Oh, of I mean, if, yeah. if we don't, if we don't bring up cannibal corpse, I mean, their veterans been doing this for what now over 30, the three decades they've been doing this, mm-hmm. um, just Still recorded a, an album. Music. Their yeah, new album's killer. And the, and the new album, you know, I'm sure it's gold. It went gold. <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's that yeah there's and they're still doing it you know they're guys my age and older and they're yeah. still doing it. they're still out there head banging and fist bumping and george is still out there growling his you know butt off yeah um so kudos to them for still doing it all this time and and doing what they do alex webster and paul and, and yeah just um you, you got to put you got to put campbell corpse in that big four and i love campbell corpse i have everything they've done so nice. yeah i have you know everything they've ever put out i have it so, oh, I shouldn't say everything because I don't have the demos, but um, <laughs> um, I do have all the albums and EVs. But um, uh, so let's see, that leaves us two more spots. Huh? I mean, I'll be honest with you, the band that launched a thousand bands, you know, Entombed, I got to put Entombed in there that the first, uh, you know, Left Hand Path was the epitome of what Swedish death metal became. Yeah. Um, they were, that album was the epitome of what Swedish death metal and set the bar for not only Swedish death metal, but death metal across the globe, yes. uh, you know, and then even after that, you know, the, the, the crawl EP clandestine, even, you know, even going into stranger eons and, and Wolverine blues, those were good death metal records. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, I'm, I, I got to throw Entombed in there. Um, and that fourth spot, I'm going to go with a band that I think it, it has has more influence even on today's scene um, than people give them credit for. If you listen to a lot of the new bands today, I hear a lot of it, a lot of uh, an an influence from this band that I'm about to mention that I don't think they get enough credit for, for this, but um, I'm going to go with bolt thrower from Uh, great Britain. 
Um, yes. That cannon fodder death metal I, that I, that's what I call it. Um, they there is a, there are a lot of bands in today's scene that take influence from Bolt Thrower, and you got to listen for it, and and you got to listen to song structure and chemical makeup of the bands. But mm-hmm. when I contact these bands after they they've uh, you know sent me their demo or EP or whatever it is, and I I tell them that you know I'm in a little bit of Bolt Thrower in there, uh, you know that's they right away. So, yeah, you caught it, man. That's one of our one of our influences is Bolt Thrower. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Bolt Thrower in the number four spot. All right. So, yeah. So yeah. So for me, Death, Cannibal Corpse, uh, Entombed, and Boltor. Up there with yes, man. That I like it, dude. And and I like that you gave me the explanations with it too. So, um, that it's uh, you know, I couldn't ask for more, man. And and that's why you you're the best at what you do, uh, Ken. So my last question. <laughs> <laughs> well. I can say it. You can't, right? <laughs> so uh, my my last question is a question we like to ask everyone. And uh, one of these days, we're going to put a big master cut, a compilation of everyone who's ever answered this question. But if you could pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got that scar. Hmm. Yeah, I do have a scar. It's on the uh, it's on the top of my head. Okay. The left side, if you take your my left hand or you take your left hand and put it, Towards the back, mm-hmm. um, yeah, towards the back, I have a scar there with no hair. Um, I was probably about 10 or 11 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, the house we lived in was a very old home, and it had that radiant heat, those old radiators oh, yeah. um, that you see in the old houses, Victorian homes, things like that. Mm-hmm. I was an old radiator, and that's how we got our heat. It was radiant heat. Um and, uh, those things were cast iron and they were oh, yeah. hot to the touch. You know, we knew not to touch these things because mm-hmm. they were hot. That's what generated heat. It was radiant heat. Well, these things were like cast iron and, uh, we had them in the bedrooms of this home and that's how the, 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 the bedrooms were heated. We lived in a very old home at the time. And I was with two of my brothers and one sister, and we were in what we called the boys bedroom. Cause I come from a very large family. So four boys had to uh, share a bedroom. We had bunk beds, yep. um, two sets of bunk beds and we had to share bedrooms and we were in the, the boys room, our room. And I was, uh, me and my brothers were horsing around, screwing around. And my older brother, we put pillows underneath our shirts and we were belly bopping. Mm-hmm. Well, he was much larger than me. Okay. And, uh, we both ran full force at each other to belly bop with these pillows underneath our, our shirts. And Mm -hmm. I went flying back being the the little guy. I went flying back, hit my head on the radiator, uh, on the register and, uh, blood. All I remember was blood and, uh, my sister screaming, my mom coming into the bedroom, screaming, my dad being woken up. Um, he was, uh, he was working midnights at the time. I remember my mom screaming and waking him up, oh, no. um, cause to, you know, before he was supposed to go to work even. Yeah. And, uh, my dad was old school. He says, uh, he, he packed flour into my head and, wow. and stopped the bleeding immediately. It stopped wow. the bleeding. And, um, my mom says he needs to go to the hospital stitches. My dad said, he don't need any stitches. He's fine. I probably didn't need stitches, um, <laughs> but I didn't get stitches for it. My dad wrapped my head and uh, he said, you're fine. Just tell the teachers at school. You can't go to gym tomorrow. And uh, that's what we did. You know, like I said, it was back in 1982. So yeah. things were different back then. 
Yeah. You, did, you didn't go to the doctor for a cut on your finger. Um, you know, you just, you, if, if it wasn't falling off, the, you know, and bleeding, it, you know, you were good to go. So, but that was a scar I still have to this day, and that'll probably always be there. And uh, that's how I got it. Walk it off, kid. Walk it off. <laughs> Walk it off. That's right. It's a good story, man. Absolutely. So, all right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Ken, from Ken's Death Metal Crypt. Again, Crypt Fest is this Saturday. Can you give us the time one more time? 7 p.m. Central Time. All right. Awesome, man. So that's uh, 5 p.m. our time here in the uh, Pacific Northwest and Seattle area. So 5 p.m., grab some beers, get with a friend, and uh, watch some sick death metal on Ken's Death Metal Crypt. Do you have anything you'd like to uh, mention before we let you go or shout out? I, I just want to say thank you to you, Kevin, for having me. And thank you for what you do and uh, giving uh, again, the death metal underground a voice like you do. So thank you to you. Absolutely. And uh, once again, just thank you also to the metal community, to the bands, to the labels, to the viewers, to from anybody who, who comments writes a comment it takes the time to watch a video to a band who sends stuff here to the crypt or a label um all i can say is thank you for all your support and as long as you guys have me and want me to be uh you know here and 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 do this i promise you um i i will lead us into the future and we will together wave the banner of death metal high dude that's an epic ending all right thank you so much ken Thank you, Kevin. Have a good night. You too. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.